time to take the next step with Looney Libis. This week, let's take another step back and ask, what is the true purpose of business? So this is a topic I've been thinking about and talking about for years. In fact, I did this topic on stage in my hometown of Bainbridge Island, probably back in 2013. And the talk went something like this. Well, welcome to Bainbridge Island. It's a community that has no Walmart, a community that wants no Walmart, a community that in fact despises Walmart. And of course that opens a question, well, why is that? So I'm here today to answer the question of whether business is good or bad for society, and whether, in fact, a business can be a force of good in the world. To answer that question, let's step back over 100 years to the beginning of the 20th century. So it's hard to believe, but if we went back 100 years, 105, 110 years, beginning of the 20th century, the per capita GDP, the average income of Americans back then, was just $5,000, and 40% of Americans lived in poverty. And if you compare these, they're about where China is today. Their per capita, their average GDP is around $5,000, $6,000, and about half of the Chinese still live in poverty. But it gets a little different, because 100, 110 years ago, 5%, only 5% of American homes had electricity. 5% had telephones can't find the number, but about the same, maybe 10% of homes had running water or central heat or all the things that we take for granted today. So the question is, how on earth in 100 years or 110 or 119 years did the United States become such a rich, developed country? Where did all this stuff come from that we take advantage from today? Well, it didn't come from government programs, and it, it didn't come from foreign aid from Europe, because you know, the U.S. and Europe moved forward in development about the same rate. This actually came from capitalism. It came from companies, from business. The electricity came from General Electric and Westinghouse and all the rest of the companies that joined that bandwagon. The telephones, they came from AT&T, and that was a monopoly, so they came from AT&T. The cars, they came from Ford and General Motors. The computers came from IBM and then others. The smartphones came eventually from Apple and others. And so if business did all that for society, if business is good and creates all this wealth and creates this this goodness, then why do we hate Walmart? Are we so rich today in the United States that we no longer need businesses like Walmart? Or is there something that Walmart is doing that's that's abhorrent to us, that's not good? And the answer is yes. The answer to to all these questions is yes. And the answer can be summed up in one word, which is purpose. So what's the purpose of business? That's the question I asked at the beginning. And is that purpose something beyond just maximizing the profits for the owners of the business? Is the purpose there to create a better world through business? Now, this may not sound quite right, because if you're watching CNBC or you're reading the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal or pretty much any modern media, if you listen to the chairman of the Fed or you listen to Harvard Business School or Wharton or Stanford or anything like that, they're going to tell you over and over again, it's going to be on the news every day that the purpose of business is to maximize shareholder value. That phrase, maximizing shareholder value, will get repeated somewhere in the United States, multiple times per day, every single weekday of every year. 
So if that's true, how on earth can business be good? Well, it's actually pretty simple. It's not true. It's never been true. And no matter how often it's repeated, it will never be true. And when I say it's not true, there is no law in any state or by the federal government that says that the purpose of business is to maximize shareholder value. That's not law. There's nothing compelling companies to do that. So the question is, why are they doing that? Or, Or actually, the better question is, are they actually doing that? Now, I've been teaching business. I've been teaching entrepreneurship at a business school here on Bainbridge Island. It used to, in fact, be called Bainbridge Graduate Institute. And when you dig in, you discover that business doesn't actually work that way. Right? So in order to have a business, any, any viable operating business, you have to bring something to market that customers will buy. That, that is actually what businesses do, right? They bring a solution to market, whether it's a product or service, that customers are willing to buy, right? Think is important enough to them to pay money for, right? If you don't have any customers, you don't have any income. If you have no income, you will go out of business. But that's not enough either because any company of any significant size has employees. And it has employees because you just simply can't supply everything that's needed to hundreds or thousands or tens of thousands of customers with one or two founders, right? You need to hire a staff to do that. You need employees. And these employees, they actually want to be paid. So some of the money from those customers has to go to pay the employees. Well, how much do you pay the employees? If you look at Walmart, if you you dig in and look at how they pay their employees, the answer is they pay them as little as possible. And it's getting a little bit better these days, but historically, Walmart's tactic, Walmart's strategy of, you know, splitting up the money from customers was to share as little of that as possible with their employees. And that might sound normal because, again, that's repeated on the news all the time, but that's not the only way to choose to pay employees. There's another company. It's called Costco. It's not quite as big as Walmart. It might be, I don't know, a fifth the size of Walmart, but it's still really huge. It's the second largest retailer on the whole planet. And they choose not to pay them as little as possible. They, in fact, choose to pay their employees at a rate that makes it so those employees want to stay around. And if you compare the two companies, you'll see that historically Walmart has a turnover rate, the the rate of people quitting their jobs, of over 100% per year. They have to hire more than one person for every position every year, whereas Costco, it has a turnover rate of like 1%, maybe 2% which means only one out of 100 or two out of 100 employees need to be replaced in any given year. So you can see there's actually some leeway here. But again, that's not the whole story, right? The employees are not the last of the money to be shared because companies operate somewhere. Even electronic companies, even online companies have an office somewhere. That office is in a community somewhere. And how that company treats its community is important as well. So, you know, at the far end, if it's a factory and it's spewing out toxic waste on one end of the factory and polluting the community and harming the residents, something's going to happen. Either the company's going to get sued or the government's going to come and shut down that company. But the company can't treat its community like a toxic waste dump. It has to treat the community in a nice way. And in fact, when again, when you look at real companies and what they do for their communities, you'll find that the most successful companies turn out to be philanthropic toward their local communities. 
not only because it makes them look like a reasonable citizen, it makes them look like a good neighbor, but it also makes it so that the customers want more of that product and, and people want to work for that company and are proud to work for that company. And so it, in fact, helps boost the morale of everyone associated with that company, right? What we call stakeholders. It, it increases the happiness of the stakeholders of the community. And when you unwrap this, you discover that the best of the companies are, in fact, supporting all these different stakeholders, that the customers are happy, that the employees are making the customers happy, that the community is a good place for those employees to work. You've seen this as well on companies like Ben & Jerry's. Ben & Jerry's ultimately got purchased by Unilever, which is a giant multinational company. But to get there, the reason why Unilever wanted to buy Ben & Jerry's was because it supported its employees and its local farmers. It supported the stakeholder community that made it a company that people really wanted to do business with. But it was more than just a great product. People sought out Ben & Jerry's because it was a company that was doing more than trying to make money for Ben and Jerry and the other shareholders. And we've seen this with a lot of other companies too. Seventh Generation, Method Soap, Patagonia, Whole Foods before it was purchased by Amazon, and there's thousands of more like this, right? There's a lot of examples of companies like this that try and do good through business. And lastly, there's been a movement in the past seven years to codify this in law. To, to make it so that it's clear that companies can do more than try and maximize their shareholder values. And again, there's no law saying you have to do that, but there's now laws in most states saying you specifically don't have to do that. And that's the Benefit Corporation, Public Benefit Corporation, Social Purpose Corporation movement. Each state has a different name for what they call this. And in Delaware, which is kind of the hotspot to, to incorporate, they're called Public Benefit Corporations. Here in Washington state, they're called social purpose corporations. And there are hundreds and hundreds of these companies incorporated now. So you can see that there is, in fact, a movement behind this. This is not just me ranting about this, and it's not just Whole Foods and Ben & Jerry's and a few handful of other companies. So, so why is Walmart vilified? Let's go all the way back to that opening question of well, what are they doing wrong? Well, what they're doing wrong is they're just not looking out for all the stakeholders. They're mostly looking out for this one small set of stakeholders, which is their public owners, or in fact, the, the Walton family. And they're doing it at the detriment of their employees and their communities and everybody else besides themselves and a little bit of their customers. So what's the true purpose of business? The true purpose of business is complicated. The true purpose of business is to make the world a better place by selling something that people want to buy and along the way, supporting everyone else who's helping making that happen. And that's the true purpose of business. Until next time.